0: Hi, I'm Tracy Koga, and thanks for downloading this podcast from ilikehugh.com. If you can, give us a follow or subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at ilikehugh.com. Now, let's get started. I'm Tracy Koga, with something short and fun. This is a Hugh Soundbite. Well, we want to introduce you to a new dining experience, something that will take you back into time. Right, Steve?
1: Well, that's the hope—is to <laughs> celebrate the uh, the past a little bit, right, and and uh, bring. Uh, uh old style, ancient food styles to uh, the modern. So that's what we want to do. Yeah.
0: So we want to introduce everybody to Ishkode, and I have the chef here himself, Steve Watson. And Steve, let's just say your menu is a little bit different than regularly going to a restaurant and serving up the steaks and potatoes. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> no, we're trying to, uh, again, celebrate that culture, the Métis, the partnerships that developed among Indi- Indigenous and Europeans. So, um, so a lot of, uh, basically, Almost all ingredients are things found here. A few that were brought over by Europeans, things like pork and uh, some dairy. Um, so we can celebrate that a little bit while also using local whitefish and wild rice and, and berries and that kind of thing. So a bit of uh, the food itself is also uh, quite Métis uh, in that sense that the, what they brought over and what we already had here mingling and then modernized. So it's a little bit more refined. Well,
0: we are right in the biggest winter festival in Canada, Festival de Voyageur. hence the Métis flavor, but it's really a celebration of indigenous foods all around.
1: Yeah, and uh, so a lot of... um we try as much as we can to get things that, were, that are indigenous, even the food indigenous to, to Manitoba. Some things, again, we want to celebrate the Métis as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so things they brought over, but, uh, you know, uh, white fish and berries and, and bison is on some menus. And we got some elk and that kind of thing. So um, as indigenous as we can while also celebrating the, good, the, the partnerships as well. So,
0: And now it's also true, the chefs themselves are indigenous and you bring your own culture to this food yeah. that you're going to be cooking tonight.
1: Yeah, no, it's a um, there it's one of those fields where there's not really a lot of indigenous representation in term especially in management in uh, in in uh, food, the food world, whether it's uh, managers of you know front of house in the restaurants, or chefs, or sous chefs, and that kind of thing. So, um, it's uh, uh, indigenous people are underrepresented there, um, and, and in many fields as well. But this is one, and and so we're trying to uh, get more excitement in there, and hopefully we we at the school at Commonwealth College we train a lot of indigenous students as well. So hopefully we can uh, Cheryl here is one. She's from Norway House, um, so we can do those things and uh, and hopefully help them out on the reserves as well as and maybe even here in bigger cities and and get those management positions eventually.
0: Well, and that's so yeah. important. And it's not only the food tonight, but there's going to be entertainment, storytelling. So the people really get a good feel of not only what they're eating, but yeah. why.
1: Yeah. No, we got uh, there's, there's a fiddler last night. There's some art. Uh, we got two art installations, one in the dining room and one just off to the dining room. Um, there's a bit of a story um, that we tell as well in print courses. That's a fictional story, but based on true events and what would have happened, right? So, um, you know, a lot of my indigenous side anyway, the culture or my um, ancestry that I know of anyway, stops basically at my great grandmother because... We don't know what happened before her. It was just gone, right? So um, so this could be my story. I'm not too sure. I'm not exactly 100% sure. Um, so... Um so that's, uh, so we do that a little bit as well. And then, and a little bit of the the education as well of, you know, we do a pork course and it's because they br- came over, they brought pigs. So mm-hmm. that's one thing we can do. So a little bit of education, a little bit, nothing, you know, nothing too crazy. Uh, it's mostly about the, the culture, the food and the art as well, so.
0: And yourself as a chef, what are some of the challenges? And I guess, what are some of the creative outlets yeah. now being immersed in yeah. this type of cuisine?
1: Well, one menu we do is, uh, we call it 1491. It's only ingredients found uh, uh, pre-colonization and so 1491 and prior. That's really really tricky because how do you develop that for the modern palate um, and things you're missing things, processed sugar, processed salt, um, um, flowers, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so so that's quite the challenge, um, just in logistics alone. Um, Cost is another one. The stuff to to get elk and and the bison and wild wild rice is ridiculous right now. So uh, that's a uh, one of the challenges is that it's not really hugely in demand right now because I don't think a lot of people know. So the cost, you know, if, the, if there's not much of it, uh, the cost goes up, right? So um, that's part of it. But the, And then this one with the Métis is to, uh, to again, modernize it, bring it while also celebrating it. So you, you're kind of not necessarily tied to a certain style, but um, but you, you want to celebrate one story, one one part of history in the food as well. So you can't just do whatever you want. Um, you need to use, you know, a certain, you know, base of, say, about a dozen ingredients celebrate those, right? And how do you do that? So that's the challenge. But it's also a lot of fun to be able to uh, take something. Oh, pork came over. We, so what can we do with that, right? And so we can tie those things in and hopefully uh, have a bit of fun with it as well. So.
0: Well, I'm really, really fascinated about this all. Why did you decide to do this, Steve?
1: Um, I went to, um, uh, I was fascinated by food and, and cooking from a young age, uh, you know, high school or so is when I really got into it. But my fo- my training and focus was more European-style French, that kind of thing. Um, but uh, a few years ago, my grandmother died, and realizing the, um, uh, her culture was uh, very Western, very Ukrainian, she was she was uh, born in Pegas, uh Pegas First Nation, and then. Rec- um, uh, residential school system, so and then, so she became very Ukrainian, so a lot of pierogies and cabbage rolls and that kind of thing, and my life was, uh, seemed normal, like I, you know, grew up in Garden City, so with you know, a lot of Jewish friends and Ukrainian friends and Polish friends, so it was, uh, I was, it was just part of my background, I didn't realize, and then um, and then realizing later on how bad things are on reserves and, and why that is and where my culture, why it changed so much, right, because there's no Ukrainian in there whatsoever um, in terms of bloodline, but Um, so what happened there? And I looked into it and wanted to get more into it. And and so that kind of where it came from is that something needs to be done. Um, the food culture was taken, right? It was stopped. So what can I do? I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, I am related to Maurice Sinclair, but he's, uh, he's a little bit higher than I am in the world of importance. Um, but I know food, I'm not a judge. I'm not a, a lawyer or Senator like he is. Right. So, um, I can do food. So what can I do in the food? And we can maybe hopefully give back a little bit and try to educate people on it and also, um, bring it to the mainstream, not just uh, you know, we don't want it to be oh it's good for what that is, but mm-hmm. it's just good, and it's also indigenous not, uh, you know, well that's pretty good for indigenous food, no we don't want that, we want it to be really really good, we want people to want it um, just like they want uh, any other style of food mm-hmm. um, because it's good, not because of the culture necessarily, but also just because it's good and maybe learn a thing or two about it So,
0: and I think something like Ishkode could probably break the ice on that, you know for so. the younger generations yeah. coming up
1: Yeah, hopefully we can get a few people in there and and whether it's uh, people here that we're feeding our Indigenous themselves or just people who want to help out or even people who can move some things and do some things and, and maybe help somebody at some point come from a reserve and get an education uh, where they go back to reserve and ex- just even cook better and instead of you know Cheetos and pita- Pizza Pops all the time, right? So so we can do there, and maybe there's more uh, food security and sovereignty that we want to do as well. So it's a long process, but uh, hopefully we can do something, right?
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, kudos. You. you're yeah. You're a pretty amazing guy to oh, be... Thanks. Paving the way, really. So. Yeah. yeah.
1: Hopefully you can do something, like I said. Might take, might go well beyond my lifespan, but something, right? You can do something, right? So wow. that's what I want to do.
0: Yeah. Well, wow, we're so thrilled to be here. Can't Thank wait you. to see your dishes. What's the first course?
1: Uh, we got uh, roasted whitefish with uh, smoked duck fat, uh, pea puree on a bannock cracker.
0: Hey, and that's just the first one of seven. Well, you got a busy night. Yeah, thanks so much, Steve. Ishkode.ca. I I don't think we've heard the last of this. And uh, for sure, maybe you'll become a senator one day, too. (laughs) We'll
1: see.
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening. This has been a production of I Like You.com. podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada. Women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to what she said talk.com.
1: What she said can also be heard on blasttheradio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's blasttheradio.com.
0: It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter.